everyone. Welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. Well, I'm so excited for today's episode, not only because I get to chat with an amazing guest about sports supporting, but also because we'll be chatting everything Super Bowl advertising leading up to the big game for Industry Insights. So let's jump in right away to Industry Insights. And I want to start off by saying, you know, in general, it's been so interesting to see how the relationship between advertisements and the Super Bowl has changed in recent years, you know, just due to the industry changing. I mean, back in the day, you know, whether you were a fan of football or not, you tuned into the big game. You got that live reaction from consumers to the commercials. You know, they were kept very under wraps. And then, you know, there were replays on shows in between shows after the Super Bowl and also in the early 2010s. You know, when YouTube started coming out, you could check it out on social media or YouTube. But now it's so interesting to see that brands to make this whole thing worthwhile, you know, even though the Super Bowl is still a high volume event of people watching, they need those amplification tactics with social media teasers or, you know, releasing clips or the full segment itself to really get people interested to tune in to, you know, check out the advertisements, engage with some sort of uh, giveaway or service that goes along with the commercial. So it's just been, you know, so interesting to me to see that, you know, evolution happen right in front of our eyes. And so in terms of this year's Super Bowl commercials, there are so many that have already been teased, you know, whether that is, you know, just a teaser that's put on social media or with, you know, these brands releasing the full commercial, giving exclusive, um, you know, posting rights to advertisement trade pubs. Um, so it's just been so uh, cool to check them all out so far. And so I want to share some of them with you, you know, whether they I think are really, really smart and clever, um, some that could have some improvement just based on my opinion. And, you know, some that I just want to discuss in general. So to start out, one thing that I thought was really, really smart and cool this year, and I saw this come out today on Adweek. Um, but of course, if you know me, I'm a huge Jonas Brothers fan. But aside from that, I feel like if you're going to be having a spokesperson for a brand, it has to make sense, especially in 2023, when we know the audiences are looking for the authenticity, they're looking for, you know, these spokespeople to actually be believable as users of whatever product um, or service that is being advertised. So Dexcom is putting out a spot for the Super Bowl featuring Nick Jonas. And if you're not familiar, Dexcom is a company that works, you know, with uh, patients with diabetes. They make products to help, uh, you know, work with your diabetes. And so I just thought that was a natural, you know, marriage between Dexcom and Nick Jonas to partner on this commercial to bring to not only bring more awareness to type one diabetes, which uh, if you're not aware, Nick Jonas has, but also to, you know, kind of bring this, you know, very authentic partnership to the big screen during the big game. So I just found like that was a win for Super Bowl commercials that I saw today, but also Workday's commercial about rock stars I thought was really, really smart. So Workday has partnered with some big rock legends like Ozzy Osbourne and Billy Idol to kind of talk to these corporate professionals who use the term rock star, you know, when calling out one of their fellow employees or someone um, you know, that they manage. And so they, it goes through this whole, it's very, very funny. It goes, and you can check it out on Instagram and everything, but it goes through this whole like kind of, um, you know, script of, you know, do you think you're really a rock star? You know, like how many venues have you sold out? Like how many clubs have you shut down? Like all these different things. And I just thought that was super clever to not only touch on that trend of like corporate slang, you know, that goes around, like, circling back and all of that and how people kind of have fun with that on social media but also to have like a fun play on you know the services they provide if you're not familiar workday is kind of like a hr platform that's used 
um, by companies. And so I just found that that was a really fun way to make something that's not as interesting as people may think interesting in the eyes of the viewer. Um, so an ad advertisement as well that I saw early, early on, this was about two weeks ago, I think. Um, but I still think it needs to be developed and it's from a big advertiser of the Super Bowl. Um, but Bud Light partnered with Miles Teller and his wife, Kelly Teller. Um, and so the whole concept of the commercial is like that you're able to be have an easy time like celebrating with Bud Light and everything. And so as they're waiting on hold with a company and there's music playing, they do a whole dance around the house and all these things to go with like having a good time with a Bud Light. And so from my perspective, as a fan of Footloose and not the original Footloose, Footloose from 2011 with Miles Teller and as a general Miles Teller fan, I feel like that was a missed opportunity to have him recreate the line dance that's featured in Footloose that people have been talking so much online about bringing back. They want to see Miles, you know, do this on TikTok. They want to see him bring back the dance, old castmates. I feel like that would have been a great opportunity, especially as it is a commercial where they're looking, you know, to have like a dance aspect to kind of have that viral moment of giving the people what they want while also sharing the product. And I kind of remember now, don't quote me on this, <laughs> that within the, um, you know, original movie, there was like some sign of like a Bud Light or whatever. They're in like a, a, a line dancing bar. So I feel like that would be a great opportunity to amplify that commercial more, make it more fun, make it more pop culture centric, you know, hit on that viral, as viral aspect. But I do think it was very smart to not only feature Miles, but also his wife, Kelly, because she has really become a hit on TikTok, or should I say Teller Talk, which was, you know, all the rage during the release of Top Gun Maverick. So I feel like that was a very smart move on behalf of Bud Light, but I feel like the commercial could be workshopped a bit more. Something else that I thought was smart in terms of like showing the, you know, purpose behind your business, how you're, you know, helping the consumer evolve in 2023 is that Klarna has partnered with Paris Hilton and Bretman Rock to make the marriage between Y2K clothing, which as we know is all the rage right now. So many Gen Z members are, you know, thrifting Y2K clothes on, you know, these different thrifting apps. They're going to thrift stores. They're, you know, coveting all of these, you know, photos of Y2K stars like Paris Hilton on Pinterest and also influencers also are dressing in that Y2K aesthetic. So I found it really cool how Klarna is kind of mixing the old and the new as well by having, you know, Paris Hilton, who of course is an icon of the early 2000s with a Gen Z influencer like Bretman Rock, who really brings um, you know, that side of it of like the modern side, while also their, you know, brand purpose of, you know, allowing people who may not before have been able to, you know, afford a big item right away, they can split it into different payments. That's the new way of banking. So I found that that was really smart to not only, you know, hit on those viral moments, as we were just talking about with the Bud Light ad, but also to really circle back, for lack of a better term, <laughs> to those, you know, brand values and what the business actually is. I also think something that also, that was also really clever that came out on Ad Week this week as well was the kind of campaign, not necessarily a commercial because they won't be shown during the actual game, but from Anytime Fitness. And so this is sort of that like call and repeat sort of style um, advertising slash marketing where anytime someone on the Super Bowl, whether that's Rihanna during the halftime show or one of the referees or one of the announcers says anytime they want... Um, viewers to put hashtag just heard anytime on social media and they'll be picking one person to get a free membership to anytime fitness and also a free trip to anywhere around the world so i feel like that's really clever because they are creating attention for their brand without even having to pay the premium to be 
you know, shown during the Super Bowl, but yet they're still having people tune into the Super Bowl. They're creating social conversations. And this circles back to what we were talking about last year as well. I don't remember which brand it was. I think it was like State Farm Insurance. And we saw that TikTok of behind the scenes of how they all sit in like a command center during the Super Bowl. They replied to people who are reacting to their ad on social media. And I feel like that's such an important part of like the reaction factor. And that's something we're missing with those, you know, um, you know, old ways of the advertising with the Super Bowl. And so I feel like that's so clever that they really didn't have to spend a lot of their advertising dollars to also make an impact. They made it on ad week. You know, people are talking about it already. So I'm I'm actually excited to see, you know, how many times any time is said during the game um, in terms of this. And who knows, maybe I'll even, um, you know, submit myself on social media. <laughs> um, but something else we've seen, too, is co-branded commercials. So Netflix and General Motors partnered together to not only amplify the different shows that are on Netflix from Bridgerton to Squid Games and everything in between, but also to work with General Motors to have a vehicle, no pun intended, to bring those stories to life. So they partnered with Will Ferrell to bring this as the star. He's interacting with all these different stars of these Netflix shows in a General Motors car to kind of have a funny moment. People recognize him on screen. And so I think we're going to be seeing more and more of that. It's definitely the year of the collab. So many media outlets love picking up these collaborations, you know, especially working with a celebrity from a, from a PR side as well. They really get that earned media value by doing those interviews. For example, like People Magazine, I haven't looked into it, but I'm sure there's going to be an article like Will Ferrell reveals, you know, what's what it was like working with Netflix and General Motors while also talking about his new movie XX. You know, you know, that's not the name of his movie, but just as an example. But, <laughs> you know, there's so many earned media opportunities there as well. It'll make headlines. And of course, how can you go wrong with a commercial featuring someone as funny as Will Ferrell? But also, you know, going off of that as well, um, for Pepsi, who, as we know this year, which I'm so curious to see how this will pan out, they're taking a backseat at the Super Bowl because we all have known them as the Super Bowl halftime show sponsors for years and years and years, but their contract expired this year. So now they're just going to be an advertiser during the commercials. Um, and I've seen this teaser already. It's um, it's Ben Stiller and Steve Martin, and they're kind of having this back and forth, talking about their careers, kind of like a funny way. In you know a, a very unique way that only Steve Martin and Ben Stiller would, they kind of have like that self-deprecating humor, and so I feel like that will really excite fans because you know Steve Martin is definitely in the news for only murders in the building. You know he's an icon, so is Ben Stiller, and so I feel like that will just bring some more attention to the Pepsi name, and I hope that the full spot lives up to that as well. But that's all I want to talk about today in terms of Super Bowl ads. I feel like there's going to be much more to talk about post-Super Bowl, and of course, we'll have more here on the Queen of Calm podcast. But I just love that, you know, not only we're able to enjoy a football game and see all the fun, you know, things going on on the game, have some fun food, enjoy time with family, but also I feel like it's such a cool time for our industry to see all the new innovations for the year. It kind of marks, you know, all the different tent poles in terms of brand media, what are media covering in terms of, you know, brand advertisements and brand collaborations and just seeing all the creative minds that go into these different pieces, I think is so amazing. So be sure to tune into the Super Bowl this Sunday and then come right back here and we'll be chatting everything that you see during the commercials. So um, today's episode is so exciting because I've wanted to have an episode on sports reporting for so long because, you know, I know so many women who are looking for advice on getting into the sports industry, you know, especially 
um, on the topic of women in sports, you know, of course, so many great women have, you know, blazed the trail for many women to get into the sports industry, but I feel like it can only grow from there. And there's been so many inspiring things that have happened in recent years. So my guest shares such great insight about how she got started in sports reporting, you know, how she kind of went through college and found her passions there and was able to get not only journalism experience, but PR experience as well to have you know, a well-refined set of skills as she headed into post-grad life. So stay tuned for the interview. And before we head into the interview, be sure to follow us on social media at Queen of Calm Podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Calm Pod on Twitter. And be sure to leave us a voicemail if you have a question or a comment about anything you heard on the show. And I'll be sure to make sure that they make it on air. Now stay tuned for the interview. You're not going to want to miss it. From local high school sports to national teams, my next guest works for Newsday, Long Island's daily newspaper, contributing MMJ packages, game stories, and features for print. Please welcome Carissa Kelman to the podcast. Welcome, Carissa. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Of course. So excited to chat. Um, and so I'd love to get started with how you first you know, got interested in journalism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've always been a writer ever since I was little. I say when I was younger, I used to write children's books as a child. <laughs> so that was my first introduction to just writing. And I've always loved writing. And then as I got older, um, I started to do more video and interviewing. So I just fell in love with journalism in general. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And then especially in college and high school, learning about how important local news is as well to just the whole, you know, everything in general not having local news without it is you know it makes everybody in that variety in the area just more knowledgeable about what's going on and it's essential to the whole news cycle so the fact that I'm able to now come back to my local hometown and work for my hometown paper that I grew up reading is awesome and I just love this connection you know with local news and news in general so I'm just grateful that I'm still able to do what I love. I love that. Yeah, that's so true that local news is so important. I feel like all of these, you know, newscasters that I grew up with, you know, they're still, you know, I'm in the Boston area, you know, they're still on TV. Like I love following them. Like it's so important to get our news from there because, you know, some stories are like national interest, but just to get those local perspectives is so important. And like, they're like celebrities. Like it's, it's so cool yeah. to see that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, talking more about your time in college, mm -hmm. um, you know, I know we went to Marist College together, you know, we're in journalism <laughs> classes. You're always so involved. So I'd love to hear about your time in college and, you know, how that helped you to refine your career interest later on. Yeah. So when I first started, you know, we have the communications major, but you have the concentrations, right? So I started in journalism. I knew I wanted to do journalism in general, but then I added sports communication my second year. So I only went there for three years. I graduated a year early. Um, so in my second year, which would be like my sophomore, but technically junior year is when I added the sports communication concentration uh, because I took a sports ethics course as part of my honors uh, requirements. And just learning about you know, especially women in the sports industry and how it's changed over the last 50, even 20 years, I'd wanted to get involved in it. And I knew that I could contribute, could contribute something to the sports journalism industry. So I really just fell in love with it. And then I did, I wrote a couple of articles for the, uh, we have the, the Maris Circle, which you are a part of, the newspaper um but then we had center field which was the more sports focused one um and just more doing interviews talking to athletes 
uh, doing feature stories was where I really fell in love with it. And I found out that, you know, sports is so interesting and there's so much more than just a game story. You know, it's more, you know, there's people's lives and there's so much going on too. So I really just fell in love with doing that as well. And I knew that I wanted to work in sports. So being at Marist definitely helped me narrow that. Like I said, going in, I just was general journalism where I didn't know what I was going to do. I think we had uh, our magazine writing class. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I always, you know, I love feature stories. I think, you know, a, a lot of journalists, you know, we like being creative. We like coming up with <laughs> you know, interesting ways to tell stories and to tell people's stories because that's what we do. Um, so I, I really liked feature writing and I felt like sports was, um, you know, more specific kind of feature writing. So that's why I wanted to do it and why I fell in love with it so yeah Marist helped me narrow down specifically what I wanted to do in the industry which is sports so it was really helpful that's so awesome and I totally agree about the future story aspect you know I there's just something about you know talking to someone on that one-on-one level and then taking their story through like a whole like comprehensive from start to finish and kind of having those personal anecdotes I think is so cool Um, and also I talked to someone else on the podcast Uh, she works in PR um, but she has like a unique like aspect to her PR agency. She's all about like marathon sports. So she oh. works with like a lot of publications to get stories about like what goes on behind the marathon. Like why are people running races? And that's just such a cool part of like sports that you were talking about. There's so many stories out there, you know, that are behind the scenes of the game that, you know, people love to bring forward. So I just th- think that aspect is so awesome as well that you're able to kind of have that storytelling while also, you know, reporting on the hard facts as well. Right. And that's, you know, that's why I do what I do. That's why you need a reporter to be there because we have that that viewpoint that we get to share with people that, you know, the average public might not have. You know, we take them inside the locker room, we take them down onto the field. And that's what I think is so exciting about being a journalist and especially in the sports industry, too. So. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned, you know, center field and the mirror circle. And those were such great opportunities for us to, you know, get published, like have those samples for interviews. Like, it's just so cool that Maris, and I'm sure a lot of other colleges, you know, have these newspapers and different publications to get that experience. And I feel like that was so special, especially at Maris, because they had so many great connections at different places where we could, you know, have these unique opportunities to write stories. Yes. And then North Road, too which we were yes. of and how we, you know, got closer. Uh, I think that that also helped me know how to, you know, communicate with people and learn, you know, how to know what they want, but, you know, work together. So it was nice that we had that real world experience as well with clients that were in the local Poughkeepsie area that we could talk to and, you know, understand the whole aspect of their business, learning their stories too. I thought that that was another great thing that helped me to you know learn how to communicate with a wide variety of people too yeah yeah I totally agree and like working with those clients was so valuable like in college because you know it could be so scary like going out into your first job and like working with different clients or different people and it's like oh my god like what do I say and so that was so important especially how they had like that nonprofit, you know connection they had those deep stories and so yeah I'm, I totally agree that was such valuable work that we did Right. Even though it's not, you know, not, I mean, PR and journalism are two different things, but still together, even now still, I'm, you know, I'm writing, but I still get press releases sent to my inbox because people, like you said, want, you know, journalists to write about what is goes on behind the scenes. So it's nice to be able to work together and to have that knowledge of what the PR industry does, but then also how they work together with journalists, I think is really valuable. Definitely. And so speaking of your current work, I'd love to hear about everything that you do at Newsday. I see that you do some on air work, but also some writing. And so just tell us all about the work that you do. Yeah. So when I first started, I started on I'm on the high school sports desk. Uh, So it was just, you know, writing high school sports stories, just writing for the paper, writing for online. 
but they're they launched well they're going to launch their newsday tv uh kind of thing which is where they want to do live shows um and have you know guests on and it's just going to be like a news network of their own so newsday was traditionally print only and you know online as well uh, but now they're launching this tv station so it was kind of just right place right time that i ended <laughs> up working there and that they were looking to launch this and i was lucky enough to do one interview and it went really well and so my boss said you know you're going to train and you're going to do this a lot more because they want you know more sports stories so now i'm more so um, an MMJ, which is a multimedia journalist, which so that's somebody that writes, but they also do on air work. So it's a lot, but I <laughs> love it. Like I, I, it's so much fun. I love it. Um, I think you just have to be comfortable in front of the camera too. And I just, I don't know, I say I've been talking to myself my entire life. So <laughs> I'm used to talking. <laughs> you know? So uh, I don't know. I just, I fell in love with it. Um, I love having these opportunities to, you know, have a real you know, and get experience on camera, uh, but also still be able to write because writing is the foundation of really anything. It doesn't matter, radio, broadcast, you still need to know how to write. So I think having that opportunity to do both is really nice. So I still, you know, cover games. I covered basketball two days ago. Uh, I did cheerleading yesterday. So I cover a bunch of different high school sports, which is so much fun. I love it. Um, and then usually I do one to two packages a week. So I'll come to my boss and I'll say, you know, there's this kid that I want to interview. There's this special story. Uh, for example, it just came out today. Actually, in today's paper, uh, there is a town on Long Island called Massapequa, and they are the only town that has a challenger cheerleading team. So it's open to kids of all abilities. So they're kids from the life skills class at the high school, and they have their own cheerleading team, which is awesome and so much fun. So I saw them at a cheerleading competition two weeks ago. And they were in the exhibition round, so they're not scored. You know, it doesn't count towards the final results or anything, but they were awesome. They showed up. The crowd loved it. They were clapping mm -hmm. them along. And I mean, they had like tears in their eyes when they came off. So I told my boss, you know, that it's a great story. Um, so I wrote a feature story on it. And then I also went and I interviewed them on camera. And it was just amazing. So it's, you know, using video and writing too for both aspects I think is important and it's nice that you know I'm able to get all of that experience and I love you know telling stories like that so being able to do both video and print is really really nice that's so awesome and yeah I love how you talked about the emphasis on writing because I feel like you know now our world is getting so like digital so many videos right. and everything and so I love how you put the emphasis on that you know foundational of writing because that is where everything comes from you know even writing a script and all of that you like you have to know the certain yes. cues so that's so cool and right. you know I love that story you just told about the cheer team I feel like that's exactly what we we're talking about before like having that story behind every you know news package or you know article I feel like that's so important. Yeah. And even they were so grateful that I was there doing it because they're the only school that has a challenger cheerleading team. So they were hopeful that, you know, by me writing about it and putting it in the paper, that other schools would see it and that other schools might also create challenger teams. And eventually they could, you know, compete against each other or have exhibitions together. So I think it's really nice. And I think that, you know, we have to understand that's so valuable that I was able to do that and to bring attention to this, you know, wonderful thing that this school district is doing. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And going back to that local factor that we were talking about, too, like there's all those hidden stories, you know, everywhere that you're that are just waiting to be uncovered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really important too that there's still people that are covering that. And I think that also reemphasizes that local news coverage, how important it is, like you're saying. Definitely. 
Um, so I'd love to talk about, so now knowing what you know, you know, being in the industry and, you know, doing both, you know, writing, but also broadcast, what's your advice for current journalism students who are trying to navigate, you know, the ever-changing world of journalism? We're kind of coming out of the pandemic. Things are kind of getting back to normal, but what is normal? You know, it's a new normal. <laughs> so I'd love to know your advice for current journal journalism students. Yeah, I think that there is so much that you can do. And if you can broaden your skills, you're going to be so valuable no matter where you end up. So I'm even, you know, uh, I got the chance to also learn how to produce. So I've been producing uh, our high school sports show. So, you know, going through rundowns and putting everything together, taking clips, working with editors, working with photographers, and just working with different departments within Newsday is really nice. So learning how to produce, learning how to write, learning how to be on air, I think you need, you can make yourself valuable by having a wide variety of skills, you know, maybe not focusing on one certain thing, even though I said, you know, I always was a writer. Well, it's nice to know that I can, you know, do video and have aspects on air while also learning how to produce. So just having those, a wide variety of skills, I think could make you very valuable in the industry. And then also, if you're interested in being on air, definitely learn what you bring to the table and what your personality is, because that's what people want to see. Like you said, when you think about your news anchors, your local anchors, why do you watch them? You watch them because they have a personality and they bring that personality to the screen. So if you have something that you can hone in on your personality, I think that that'll also make you unique and make you more desirable in the field. I love that. Yeah. And it, I feel like nowadays with so many internships, you know, being online and new opportunities or, you know, in different areas or new, you know, subject matters opening up, I feel like there's so many opportunities for students. And like what we're talking about with North Road and the Circle, like there's things on campus to get involved in. So there is so many opportunities to be well-rounded like that nowadays, I think. Yes. And like I was, you know, North Road was a, it's a PR firm and marketing and I'm in journalism, which you might think that doesn't, you know, that's not the same thing, but like <laughs> I said, it still helps you understand the field. And I think understanding, um, you know, going on from like producing to in the side, if you understand how to edit, if you understand what a photographer's job is, you understand your producer's job, then you can make yourself more valuable because you understand what those people do and you can make their job easier and you you just you can communicate with them better when you understand other people's roles and what it takes to do that job and their skills that they have. Yeah, I definitely agree. And on the other side as well, like PR students, I definitely encourage you to take journalism classes, like learn about writing, you know, a successful pitch or, you know, what these journalists do on their side to know like yes. what they're looking for in stories. I feel like that's so important. I was a PR and journalism major. So I feel like that was, you know, a perfect marriage of, you know, knowing both sides of the table mm -hmm. of, you know, coming up with, you know, different pitch angles and stories and different things like that. I feel like it's so valuable. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So speaking on sports specifically, so I know that the whole industry is just known for being competitive, you know, trying to get these rules are so, you know, hard to come by, you know, there's so many different, you know, ways you can get into it, you know, different subject matters. So, you know, what do you, in your opinion, what do you think that, you know, student journalists can be doing to make themselves stand out, um, you know, as they look to enter the sports industry? I think you need to be open to taking really any job that you find, any job that you're offered. Even if you don't end up working in sports immediately, you can still work for a paper. You can still work for something online that it might be news related. 
but still getting experience because sports still has to do with, you know, having, like we said, those writing skills and sports transcends, not just game stories and, you know, not just giving us the action, but, you know, it transcends into a lot of other aspects of our lives. So being well-rounded, I think is really important, even if you're not, you know, don't get discouraged, basically, if you don't find a job specifically in sports right away, because I think that there's so much value in still working in a news industry, maybe not that specifically. Um, so definitely, you know, take what you can. Uh, and then I think in terms of that, just like I said, rounding out your personality as well, knowing what you bring to the table, sharpening your skills so that you can make yourself valuable, I think is really important too. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, someone who I see like in the news all the time, Kay Adams, you know, she went from like yes. local sports coverage to then Good Morning Football. And now she has her own show. And I think she's a great right. example of that, of like diversifying her skills, like learning how to do a podcast and also on air work, but also, you know, staying true to her roots at the beginning. I feel like she's a great example of that. Erin Andrews as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. And so I think that especially sharpening your personality because you know they have personalities that people enjoy so if you have something that you feel like you bring to the table definitely you know watch people that you love and think about why do you like them you know what are they doing that makes it so engaging and you don't you know don't necessarily copy them but you can take what they do and realize you know I really like that maybe I'll try it I'll put my own spin on it so honing in your own skills but you know, looking and recognizing what you like and what you look for when you engage in news and you, you know, do your own things. I think that that'll help you as well. So as much as you can read, you know, read everybody, even if you don't like it, even if it's not sports related, just try and read as much as you can listen and figure out what you like. And I think that that way you can determine, you know, how you can be valuable and unique as well. I love that. I love that advice. And, you know, speaking of Kay Adams and Aaron Andrews, you know, women in sports have come so far, you know, the roles have changed women in sports, you know, so many more opportunities and shows and being anchors, you know, on these huge sports shows and different, um, you know, sports publications. So I'd love to know from your perspective, you know, what does it mean to you to be a woman working in sports? Oh, it is just amazing. I mean, like you said, like you mentioned, there's so many trailblazers that have come before me that have given me the opportunity to be in this role, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be able to do what I do, you know? So I think that it's important to recognize, you know, what has come before us and to know the history. And I think it just, it means the world to me. I mean, I work around women every single day that inspire me. You know, I'm lucky enough that in, you know, we have female writers. Uh, and when I first joined Newsday, I was able to follow along a female, she works for the Mets. Um, so they had me, they signed her as kind of like my mentor and I was able to follow her around and, you know, tag along with her for a day while she covered the Mets, which was awesome. Uh, so just, you know, seeing what they bring to the table, discussing that with them, it was just unbelievable. And I think it's, I feel so grateful and really lucky to be in the position that I am, but it's recognizing that there's so many people that have come before me that have given me this opportunity. So it's really, really nice. Yes. I love that so much. I love that story. You just told about the mentorship because, you know, with this podcast, I'm all about mentorship and, you know, meeting with other women in the industry, because I feel like it's so important to be having these conversations, you know, about what you do and what other guests do, because it could inspire, you know, someone who wants to get into sports journalism or someone who wants to get into PR, you know, it's so important to lift each other up and, you know, have these conversations to help each other get to the next level. So I just love like, across the board, like women in communications, I feel like everyone is so supportive, always willing to lend a helping hand. Like, I just love how supportive we are of each other. There, I have, I'm telling you, I'm so lucky. <laughs> that I have had 
you know, such great experiences. I mean, every time I had, I interviewed a Giants writer um, and, you know, just them reaching out and being like, you did an amazing job. If you ever need anything, just let me know. You know, just having that support, I think is so important. So recognizing that I'm in that role as well now, you know, and I'm here, I'm talking to you right yeah. now Listen to this and they need advice. I'm here. Talk to me. Like, I'm so willing to talk, give you advice, help you in any way that you need. And I think that that's really important is having that camaraderie in this industry. Yeah, yeah, definitely having everyone in your corner, you know, supporting you. It's it's so important. I love that aspect, you know, of our, of our work in general and communications. Um, and so, you know, talking about, you know, these changes, we're talking about how, you know, the role of women in sports have changed in recent years and how the industry as a whole has changed because of the pandemic. So from your opinion, you know, probably since we started college, like 2017, 2018, like definitely journalism was so different than what it is now. So from your perspective, you know, how have you seen the industry change in recent years? I mean, as you mentioned before, too, it's a lot more digital. So we have a lot more, you know, shorter clips. TikTok is like our, you know, our attention <laughs> span is so much shorter. I feel like that's definitely changed as a result of the pandemic. So being, you know, short to the point, but I definitely think we've even seen so much growth in personality driven videos. I know I keep mentioning that, but it really is important, especially in this industry that is so competitive. You need to stand out. So you need to have that personality. And we see TikTok videos, people three minutes long, just talking to the camera, doing get ready with me's or along with my day. And people love that. People love just listening to people talk. If you have that kind of personality that people gravitate towards, I think that that's really useful. And I think we're seeing a, a huge growth in that, especially on TikTok, where people like personality driven content. So I think that that's a huge change in the industry. And then just specifically in high school, high school sports that I've worked in. Um, I mean, there's a growth in I'm covering a girls wrestling tournament which is brand new on Tuesday. So that's, a, you know, a emerging sport in the, in this field, this local, you know, variety of, of high school sports. Um, and then cheerleading just became an Olympic sport. And so, and I'm, I've been covering cheerleading the past couple of weeks and it's been amazing. So I think there's so much growth for uh, women in sports and it just in, in so many general areas. So I think that there's going to be a lot to look towards in the future too, with that as well. I love that. Yeah. And I've been following all those different like reporters and anchors on TikTok, like Caroline Collins doing her makeup, like before yes, newscast. I love it. <laughs> it's so great to see a peek behind the curtain there too, because mm -hmm. I feel like, like we're talking about before with like those personalities and anchors, like I feel like in past years too, like it's been like, you've seen them on TV, but you really didn't see them outside of work. Right. But now I feel like TikTok has been so personalized. Like you can see like what they do, you know, when they're not behind the reporting desk or different things like that. And yeah. I love that change too, that you were talking about with like the cheerleading and the girls wrestling like I'm a big proponent of you know dance and cheer you know definitely sports like I love following all of like the college dance championships you know LSU Tiger Girls all of that so I love that that's making a change in the sports industry yeah I think that it's awesome I mean I can't believe you know we're covering girls wrestling it's just it's incredible just to see the growth and the acceptance of you know female sports in, in general especially in the high school level too I love that and so you know looking forward into you know further down into 2023 is there like one trend that you're seeing on the horizon of something that might emerge in the journalism industry um you know going into the new year 
I think that it go, even going back to what we were saying, that personality driven content, I think that's going to just skyrocket. If you can show people, you know, instead of just the stoic news reporter, you know, people are just seeing you on TV, showing behind the scenes, just giving people more of that personality. I think that that is definitely going to change what we're seeing a lot, you know, less formal, less, you know, nitty gritty kind of like sports, uh, you know, whatever statistics and things like that. I think people are also looking more towards your personality um, because that's what they want to see. That's what gets people interested and that's what people gravitate towards. So I think that that's definitely going to take off in the future. And there's, you know, also with sports betting being legalized too recently, state by states, um, I think that that's also going to show us that, you know, it might, it's bringing a lot of revenue. Um, so I think that we'll see. I don't know what, how that <laughs> changed the industry, but I think that that's something to look at is how that the sports betting industry is going to influence, uh, the sports industry as a whole yeah yeah I, that's so interesting that you bring up the sports betting because i was seeing all the coverage about like um around here we have like a local casino and like they were opening like a sports book room and all this stuff and they had like a full interview and i'm like wow like this is going to be interesting to watch yeah and there's so many more podcasts uh youtube videos just specifically on sports betting so even if that's something that you're interested in if that's something that you do fantasy teams any of that that could be something that uh, you know, start to talk about that, get something interesting about that. And if you start your own podcast or um, just even, you know, make an Instagram account, put up, you know, what your picks are. And <laughs> I think that people, people love that people gravitate towards that. And that's going to be something that we're going to see a lot more of in the future. So I think that's something that people could focus on and you could, you know, hone that kind of uh, interest. I think that that'll help you stand out as well. And just being able to keep up with the trends is important. So Totally agree. 2023 is the year of the passion project. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> so Carissa, thank you so much for being on the show. I'd love to end the show with a question that I ask all my guests at the end of every episode, but I'd love to hear about a woman who inspires you. And it can be, you know, in the industry, outside of the industry, just a woman who, you know, really inspires you in your life. I truly, I, like I mentioned before, I work with so many women every single day that inspire me. I really, I can't pick one if that's okay. <laughs> oh, totally okay. One? Okay. I work <laughs> with so many female reporters, writers, producers, editors that inspire me every day that, like I said, have that camaraderie or there to support me and always somebody that I can turn to if I need help or assistance. So I think that that's important that having so many people every single day in my circle that support me, that inspire me. I love that. Yeah, that's that's why I love asking this question because I feel like it's great to take a moment, like we're talking about before, to talk about those women who we work with or who are in our lives that, you know, make a true difference because that'll just help, you know, inform the next generation of communications professionals and just create this great environment, you know, in the industry. Right, yes. So it's important too. And I really do, I'm so lucky that I'm able to work with so many inspiring women every day. I love that. Well, Carissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been so great to chat about women in sports and your work with Newsday. It's just been so great to catch up as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you, Paisley. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode of the Queen of Calm podcast? Well, head to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Do you want to be on the Queen of Calm podcast? Head to the link in our Instagram bio or to anchor.fm slash queenofcompodcast slash message to leave us a voicemail that could potentially be used on the show. And finally, if you're not already, follow us on social media at Queen of Com Podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Com Pod on Twitter. Join us next week as we celebrate more women in communications.